Listener Production. Kickpod acknowledges the traditional owners and custodians of the land in which we're recording this podcast. The Yolukut Wollum clan of the Boon who are part of the Kulin Nation. We pay our respect to their elders, past, present, and emerging, and extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples today. Welcome to the Kickpod, your weekly DM on the stuff that matters. One, two, three, Hello. Hello. How are you? I'm good. How good. Are you? Good, good, good. That's good. Now, before we get into today's intro, I have got a little bit of a public service announcement to the KickPod <laughs> listeners. Okay. So I've been getting some messages, I don't know about you, mm. about our special shares. And mm-hmm. that people miss them and they love the KickPod. <laughs> I have something to share with you all. They're still in the podcast. They're just at the end. So you guys and are obviously not listening <laughs> all the way through. We, we have moved them though, in yeah. your defence. But if you are after our special shares, which is just like a recommendation of something that we've consumed, yeah. it is now at the end of the episode. We yes. do a little bit of a wrap. Yeah. So it's there. But thank you for being committed, KickPod. So stay tuned <laughs> till the end of the episode for today's. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, now I've got a question for you. Yeah, okay. Have you, I mean, I'm sure you have, but your algorithm on TikTok, mine's gone a bit crazy (laughs) and I have started really enjoying this certain account called Site Inspections and I'm just... (gasps) Josh you know? loves that account. <laughs> His voice? Yeah. He needs to go on the radio or yeah. something. Hey guys, I'm here in the middle of nowhere in Victoria. <laughs> the homeowner has had some leaks, mould and building deterioration to his home. When he contacted the builder, the builder's response <laughs> was that you need to just place bath mats next to your shower. <laughs> Funny. He cannot. sounds like so many of the guys that went to my high school. <laughs> well, that's, I mean, it's amazing. He's got like a hundred thousand followers on it's, TikTok, but it's really—it's actually. I quite highly recommend it. Is. So, what he does for anyone listening that it hasn't hit your algorithm <laughs> is he goes around and does site inspections, mm. but films them, mm. and a lot of them are houses that might have just been built mm-hmm. or people are going to buy, and mm-hmm. some of them like and it, then they can't be approved. Missing yeah. from the house, yeah. like just there's just a towel on the roof instead of tiles because they ran out of tiles. It is crazy. Yeah, it's been nuts. I re- I'm really enjoying it. And so therefore my TikTok algorithm now thinks that I really like construction. <laughs> you might learn a lot. Weird plumbing content. I don't know. I'm not really into it. Anyway, I asked everyone, mm. well, my followers on Instagram, everyone in the, the world, world <laughs> what had happened to their TikTok algorithm. Yeah. And they came back with some very funny things. And I wonder if you've seen them. So firstly, people wetting themselves from lifting heavy. Oh, what? And then what do they get flooded with? Like <laughs> bladder stuff? No, that is that is the content. Oh. So people lifting. <laughs> that's a thing? It's, I, I mean, like, I know it's I a thing, but I mean, that's a thing on TikTok. I, is, that, is, it, is it like, are they filming it as a funny thing or is it is it like a public announcement of don't lift so heavy? I'm not sure. Anyway, people painting their bathroom tiles, <laughs> live feet of people peeling the shell off raw eggs. <laughs> That is odd. That is really odd. 
People who have arrest who have been arrested and served time in jail talking about their jail experience. I mean, I find, I would find that fascinating. Interesting, but that wouldn't be good for me because then you would. I'd get, be scared. Yeah. Um, the <laughs> chicken. Scared. Okay, this is my favorite of all. Okay. The chicken breast over the guitar strings. <laughs> Wait, I'm what? sorry. What? What does that even mean? <laughs> the chicken breast. I guess maybe you get the chicken breast. I'm guessing it's cooked, and you put it on guitar strings. Why would you do that? Well, in TikTok, anything is possible. That's very, very strange. <laughs> very strange. Anyway, thank you everyone for sending them in. But I it highly recommend quickly, site inspections. No, yeah, he's great. He's great. But it is really crazy how quickly the algorithm can um, change for you. Like yeah. it's either because you've searched for something or watched a video for maybe a little bit too long. I remember once I was watching this video from someone in the LGBTQI plus community and she was speaking about um, meeting the love of her life. And it was a really interesting video and I loved it. And I was so invested in it. I think I watched it twice. And then the next day I logged on and my whole feed was filled with um, lesbians biting their lip and like winking at me. And I seriously <laughs> questioned my sexuality for Were a moment. Like, I'm into this? Well, I wasn't. <laughs> I mean, I'm straight. But like, I was like. Yeah, but you can be you explorative. Know when you just, <laughs> <laughs> but you know when you're just flicking through and I, you kind of just start to get into it a little bit. You know what? Really Maybe my TikTok picked up. algorithm is going to change because of the weird video that you posted oh. the other day. <laughs> I have never seen this from you. I never spoke about this Should I be you. worried? No, you shouldn't. And I mean, okay, I feel like we've got the audio of uh, my TikTok, which we'll play now so you know what we're talking Bizarre. about. <laughs> What is the pettiest thing you've done after the end of a relationship? Yeah, look, I don't know if it's petty or psychotic, but I named my yabby that I caught after my boyfriend and then I killed it. <laughs> psychotic. It is psychotic. It is psychotic, isn't it? I watched it and I first, I, I thought you were going to say like, oh, I, I put what? like what? dog poo on his doorstep or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then you killed Yabby. Yeah, I really feel like I need it. So that obviously that was just a short little clip. There wasn't much of an explanation there, and I really do we need do we? You we were going to get absolutely one. Absolutely, okay, we need one because, because right you know now what it, I got? it does seem like yeah. I'm a psycho. You know what it seems yeah, like. It's not only that I sound a little bit like a psycho because we all know that. Well, I don't know if we all know this, but a lot of the like serial killers and stuff like that in their mm-hmm. past when they were children, like killed animals, and so like I'm. <laughs> That's where it sounds a bit psycho. That's exactly where my head went when I watched it and I was like, whoa. No, and I assure you that's not where it came from. I would like to make it very clear that I used to catch yabbies with my dad and cook them to eat them. Like that was a thing that we did. for anyone that doesn't what know. What a yabby like is? A yabby's not. It's like it's a like freshwater prawn. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah cool. Um, and <laughs> so I had caught this yabby to cook it, but. For some reason, I can't even remember why, I decided to bring this one home instead of cooking it instantly <laughs> and um, put it in my fish tank for about a week. And don't know why, I decided to call my boyfriend's name. We then broke up and I was like, you know what? Wait, how to... old were you? I was like 14. Okay. Yeah, so like… I was hoping you were younger. No, no, unfortunately not. <laughs> okay. Anyway. At least it wasn't like three years ago. No, but I wanted to read out some people's uh, comments because I thought it was quite funny. I wanted to hear like… What crazy or petty thing? As, Probably not you as know, weird as yours. definitely not as weird. But there was some really clever ones, and I wanted to share them. So one person said that they cut the pockets of all of his pants. The pants looked perfect until he needed to put something in his pocket. <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of 
that. Because he would he even know? No, until he tries to put something in his pocket. <laughs> Brilliant. The other one said they sprinkled sugar throughout the garden and the grass front and the back of the house. So they had ants forever. <laughs> You know what I love about these? Josh would hate that. that they would, Josh would know. Yeah. But I'm, I reckon you wouldn't know if sneaky. your garden was riddled yeah, with ants. But how would they? And then they're thinking, how did the sugar oh, get? They're all yes. sneaky. They're not yes. like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm gonna like egg your car, and yeah. you would know. It's yeah. like these are things that are ongoing, like long term, which is kind of. Maybe they did really bad things. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe they deserved it. Another one said, when moving my stuff out, I blended a bunch of raw shrimp and fish, put it in a spray bottle and sprayed everything and I hid raw, raw shrimp <laughs> under the fridge. <laughs> that would have smelled so bad for so long. I just can't. And then this last one this is, is... These are smart. It's so good, isn't it? I want these people in action. Maybe they Get you take revenge on. Not the revenge, it's like problem solving. This is really good. This is, this is one of the best because I have 100,000% done this. But this person said, I made an X into a sim, locked that sim in a house and burnt it down with him inside. Oh my God, I did that. The other thing I did was did put you, a sim in a sim. No, all of yours lead to murdering <laughs> the other thing I did was I put a sim in a pool and then I would delete the way out and so then it stuck in the pool. <laughs> also, yeah, I'm just... sorry, you still play the sims. Do you do, you do this? You're like, Laura's <laughs> really pissed me off today in the pool. No, <laughs> Remove no. the sims. No, no. Why do all of yours lead to murder? I don't know. I'm crying. <laughs> I'm crying. Oh, my gosh. Okay, I'm like sweating. I'm Don't I'm judge worried. me. <laughs> I am very worried. It's all right. It's all out You know what now. also? I know, if, I reckon I know almost everything about you, right? But you didn't know about I, the Abby. Yeah, that's concerning. <laughs> I do really, really want to make sure people understand that because someone said something about, you know, animal like welfare and like they were worried that I was like malicious in, in this way. It was and a I would yabby. like to know it was a, it was a yabby and it was always going to be cooked to be eaten. So I just wanted to put that okay. out there, yeah, please. Thank, yeah, that's thank important. You. That's yes. a good good one. Very oh good to cover us. <laughs> anyway, moving moving on from this. It's hard to move on from that, isn't please, it? Please, let's, let's do that. <laughs> so, 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 kick update. Sefi, what have you got for us? We've got our kick tour happening again. So Adelaide, Perth and Auckland is coming up this October in partnership with AIA, Vitality and our tickets are now available, which is super exciting. Much like the um, kick to early in the year, we'll be joined by our friend Sarah Davidson. There will be a workout. There will be a wellness chat. There will be a meet and greet and lots of activations, lots of fun times. We're so excited. Connecting with you guys in person is the best thing. It's so it's so amazing and we are so excited to come to Auckland, Adelaide and Perth because it's been over two years since we last saw you. It has. And I have to say, like, I know we well, we didn't we have an amazing team and mainly Cam from our team who is just incredible and organizes it all. The new format oh, is yeah. just so fun. Yeah. It's such a good it is. experience because mm. it'll be the, the full morning or the full afternoon with the with the panel and the workout. It just we get to spend more time together. It's amazing. It's a lovely day. Have you read the dates yet? I haven't read It's okay them. if you haven't because we can just read them now. Oh, okay. Do you want okay. to read them sure. off for me? Sure. <laughs> oh, my goodness me. Okay. Adelaide, Saturday the 1st of October. Auckland, New Zealand, Sunday the 9th of October. Perth, Saturday the 15th of October. Yes. You All of this fine. information <laughs> is um, available on the website kicktour.com. Is it? 
We have our own website for the we future. Do. Amazing. Okay, yeah. cool. We're professional. Love it. Okay, and speaking of professional, mm. we have got one incredible mm. woman mm. on the podcast today who is also very professional. <laughs> well, probably more so than we are. <laughs> and today's guest is Sam Gash. I, I, I will say because I'm I'm not like super into running, right? And so like I knew that she was going to have a lot of like golden takeaways outside of her running. But like she's just got this crazy amount of mental strength to like just go, go for goals. And it's just incredible. Anyway, I just, I won't say anymore because the chat, I mean, the chat says it all, doesn't it? <laughs> it does. That's why it's the chat. That's why it's there. Enjoy. <laughs> Welcome, Sam, to the podcast. Thank you for both having me. We wanted to start with your running. So you have done 379 kilometers non-stop across the Australia Simpson Desert. You were the first woman and youngest person at the time. This is this is just crazy and incredible to complete the four desert Grand Slam, which is where you ran four 250 kilometer ultra marathons in four different deserts across one year. And I think at the time you did that, only two other guys had ever done that before in the world. Yes. So. And interestingly, people often think that's four desserts. <laughs> <laughs> and then I read it, I'm like, oh, well, it probably would be a little bit more interesting. <laughs> you probably had more than four after that. <laughs> uh, you have been the subject of a documentary called Desert Runners, and you have been on Survivor not once but twice. You also met your husband on there. And to get two for the price of one. <laughs> and then you came back on together. So we want to talk about all of that, obviously. There's so much to talk about. I think when we were working through what we were going to talk to you about, it was really hard mm. because you have done so much and you have got so much to offer and so much wisdom. So I, I've heard you speak about before is that you don't kind of identify yourself as a runner or you are a lawyer. As a lawyer, you know, you're as humans, we're so much more than, than what we do. But obviously running has been a huge, huge, huge part of your life. So I find it, your your story of how you got into running is actually really interesting because I had I'd assumed that you had run from when you were born, but it's oh, not the case you, at all. When well, she was born. You know, as soon as you can, be you know. Real sight. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that's obviously not the case. So can, can you tell us about, about your journey? Mm, you know, I do have an interesting relationship with the word of just articulating like, yeah, I'm a runner. Uh, and I do find myself becoming like, justifying it like oh you know like I do run but it's not my only thing and it's so funny because that really just comes down to how I saw myself as a kid Mm. um yes no I wasn't a runner um I wasn't sporty and really was into reading and imagining like what my life could be and like running was not a part of it uh and so I really I definitely entered kind of more the running pursuit when I was in my later years of high school when I got really wound up about uh, study, mm. um, like I was quite obsessive on like, I remember my English exams, like, you know, the practice essays, like it became my sport. Like how many practice essays can I write? <laughs> so you were, Eng- English was your English. It was, yeah. Your thing. It was my thing. It became a sport and I also treated it like a science because it's like my whole thing is like, how can you reverse engineer these things that seem so far removed from your current imagination and how can you create a formula to tackle it and so really that's what I feel like I've become almost like more of a master of and it doesn't matter if it's you know doing a a marathon for the first time having not ever done a 5k you know fun run you know running across a desert um, running a business how do you reverse engineer something that you have no idea and take it to the very beginnings so that's what run is to me now. Wow and it's just incredible because I think 
it's like with goal setting. If I were to think, okay, I want to do what Sam did and run 250 kilometers, can you actually quickly set the scene of what yeah. these runs actually are? Because yeah. it's not like you're just running around the athletics track. I mean, it would be a oh, lot wow, of that laps. would probably almost be like more <laughs> challenging. More challenging. <laughs> you get dizzy. Yeah, I mean, so these races, it's called the Four Deserts Grand Slam. And, you know, so there's four different races and they're in the hottest, coldest, driest and windiest deserts on earth. And obviously when you say you did all of them in one calendar year, it sounds like, how did you, you just had, I had just completed one marathon before mm. that point and I battled through the last 10Ks. And so how did I jump from that to thinking I could do a thousand kilometers mm. on a logistically challenging front? But it all starts with like one step. And the first step was I just wanted to do the first race. And the, the origins of why I wanted to do it is because I met this woman during my first marathon. Uh, she was an American lady who was in her 60s. And she had currently was doing like seven marathons and seven continents um, in a year. And I'm, she wrote on the Facebook page going, hi, I'm coming to Melbourne. I'm from the US. I'd love to, would, would someone show me around the course? Mm. And I just thought, this lady's amazing. Like she's, you know, older than my mother mm. and she's about to take on something that like I can't even think is possible. So I remember I met her and then I took her around and then afterwards she, uh, we had a big dinner and she told me about these four deserts races and she was going to try and tackle to do all of them in one calendar year. And I was so moved by her thinking that this was, poss- uh, this was possible when I didn't even think I could get up the next day after doing my first marathon and walking up the stairs. Uh, and so I just was like, you know, I'm going to go to Chile. I'm going to meet you in that race because I want to be connected to this. Mm. I want to see if what I think is impossible could be possible. And it was hard. Like I was a law student at the time. I didn't have the money. I didn't have the physical experience. And it was just like nutting off one little thing at the time. Like you can't always think of the summit. You've got to think of just the next step ahead. The next question we had was around goal setting, which you've already touched on one approach is is being reverse engineering. And I feel like uh, there's a lot of people who that's kind of innately in them to, to approach things like that. And then there's the other people like myself who's like, yes, but how do you do that? Um, so I would love to know if you were to think of some of those huge goals that you have set yourself in the past, how did you actually go about reverse engineering it and goal setting to mm. get there? Like what did that process actually look like, that thought process and then the physical, what, like, what did you actually do to, to reach those goals? So in a, five weeks, I'm running across Nepal with an incredible uh, doctor from Tasmania. The very first thing when you decide to, you have a glimpse or this like inkling that you want to do something, the gut check is like, does this excite you on every like part of you? Now that I'm a mum, it's got to tick a lot more boxes because I can't just, I think when I was younger and I didn't have as many commitments or demands or obligations on my time mm. by choice, I could just be like a bit more whimsical with the yes. Absolutely. Yeah. So like how do you, on it, now I need to feel it on every fibre of my being, am I going to fight for this yes? Mm. Like is it for something that really means something? Uh, and the contextualization is I'm going to be away for 77 days mm-hmm. to do this. It's actually, I thought leaving Harry to go to um, play Survivor last year was huge. And now I'm like, doing it for even longer. Mm-hmm. Like I'm literally leaving my family, not just um, my son, but also my husband. So does it feel right on so many different levels? So then it's what I like to call like, how do you like stoke like this fire? Mm. Like how do you get yourself unwaveringly connected and committed to whatever you think on a cellular level is right. The biggest thing that I've done, because a lot of the projects I do, I have no idea how to do them. So it's like you, sometimes people think that they have to like, 
find out for the very first time how to do something, but the reality is there's nearly always someone who's done something that you're trying to do. So if you can find a way of like what I call standing on the shoulders of giants, you can cut time dramatically. So when I first started ultra running, I was like, okay, who's the best person at this? Like at my type of version of this. And there was a guy called Ray Zahab um, and he's a Canadian ultra runner. He'd run the entire length of the Sahara Desert, like a journey of over 100 days. They averaged 70 kilometers per day. There was a team of three of them. They didn't take one day off. Mm. And he always says that the challenge of ultra running is 90% mental and the other 10% is all in our heads. Like, I love that, right? It's all mental. Everything's mental. And not saying there's not a massive physical (laughs) component, but if your mind doesn't believe that it's possible, Mm. if your mind doesn't want to do it, then you're not going to do all the hard work to physically build yourself to be ready at the start line. Mm. So I have so many people say to me, like, I couldn't run across those deserts. I couldn't run a half marathon. I couldn't do a 10K. And I've got two questions for you. Do you want to? And have you tried? Yeah. And if the answer is like no to both of them, then you don't know. You haven't even given yourself a chance. That's so powerful. And I think too, with goal setting, it's so important that that first question, do you want to? Yeah. Because if you don't want, I feel like you could have the best goal setting procedure. You could break it down into small steps, Mm. you know, put it in your diary, however you do it. But if you don't want to achieve it, Mm. it's almost impossible. Yeah. And like, why waste your time? Like, why? (laughs) Like, life is so short. Put your time into things that mean something to you. And of course, sometimes like, You might have a job and you might not like thrive and get excited by every single component of of what you're doing. I can tell you right now, there's components of this project that do not excite me, but it's the big overall, you know, project and why we're doing what we're doing that excites me. Because it's kind of like when when people speak about being fulfilled in their work, Mm -hmm. I think for those who have been lucky enough to find jobs that fulfill them, there's this expectation that if you have a job that fulfills you, or connects with your purpose or whatever it might be, you're going to love every single minute of every single day. And I think it's, it, you, we really have to separate that kind of fulfillment in our work and in our lives and our purpose and everything from the fact that you don't, it's not easy. Like you can't just automatically find a job that fulfills you or, you know, get a goal and it'd be easy. You have to do the work to get there. Well, um, the Latin root of the word passion is patiae, which means to suffer. And so like, actually when we are, seeking a process of fulfillment or something that we really enjoy or we believe in, inherently part of that process is to suffer. But if we've chosen that suffering, then nearly anything is possible. So I always ask to people, if you feel like you're suffering, but you don't want to be in that thing, like we are very, very fortunate in the lives that we lead that like you can exit yourself from that and and go into something else. Like nearly most people can change their pathway if they want to. And if you can't change your pathway, then you can change your outlook or response to it because we always do have ownership over our response to situations. You know, you might not like what's going on right now, but you can try and harness your response to that situation. Like, so I've had injuries before that have put some pretty dark, gloomy moments on the pursuit of my goals to the physical aspirations that I've had. And every single time I'm like, so maybe I'm not meant to be training right now. Maybe my energy is meant to either be on the logistics or the fundraising or the connection with my family. Like, I've got this beauty of time Mm -hmm. where I would normally have kind of allocated that to something else. Like maybe this is a signal it can be redirected elsewhere. Mm -hmm. And so I take the pressure of what I thought it was meant to look like and I'm yielding to the circumstance and going with what it can now be. 
God, I just love hearing your your passion, the word passion before. I feel like one thing when you've got these big goals, there's no doubt in my mind that a lot of people probably would have doubted you. And we actually want to throw to some audio, which is over 10 years old, but it's just crazy to me and, and really inspiring that that energy, I think, to push past people's doubts has like kind of always been in you. When you say that as a, as a possibility that I could not finish, it seems too foreign of a concept. In my mind, it doesn't not enter, even if I have to go a lot slower. And it's very, very painful. Like, I'll get through it. So pushing past people's doubt on you, particularly when you've got these big goals, how do you go about that? Is just something that's naturally always been in you to kind of ignore people's negative thoughts towards something that you know you can achieve? Oh, I mean, I think sometimes you have to go like, everyone can have their own response to what you're doing, but that doesn't have to affect what you're doing. Mm. Like you can't control that. You have to park it. Like you can listen to it and go, okay, well, that doesn't serve me on this process. Try not to be affected by it because like I've got shit to do. Like what I definitely believe to be true is that you have a lot of different opportunities or options at your disposal before quitting. And so things don't always have to look how you thought they were going to look. When I ran across India in 2016, at the end of the first week, I was broken, like physically, emotionally destroyed. Um, I spent over two years prepping that project. It was a 77-day run across India from the west to the east, trying to run like upwards from 60 to 80 k's a day. Uh, and you'd imagine like after day seven, I was just done. Um, it was so hot. Mm. I can't even explain how hot it was, the searing heat off the bitumen. And I was running on like this slope. So I I literally had like kinesiology tape tapped around (laughs) me like I was a patchwork doll. (laughs) It's like, please hold me together. And I just was like, I don't think this is humanly possible. And I just remember calling a couple of mates back home. Actually, someone we all know, Nick Davidson. Mm. And I just said to him, I'm at the brink. And he just said to me, what pace are you trying to run? And I told him and he's just like, Sam, like, you never run that pace when you're doing this. He's like, just start walking. Like you can, you can do this the way that you want to do it as long mm. as you keep moving forward. I was like, oh yeah, like this is my thing. Mm. Like no one's putting a gun to my head and telling me I have to run every single kilometer of this. And I think too, it, it really talks to the, the fact, and I do this to myself all the time, where it's, you think you have to do something, you know, to 110% mm. and you have to do it someone else's way. And then you, you kind of, you, know, you automatically get this comparison of, mm. yeah. obviously comparison is just, can do so many like harmful things to our mental health and how we feel about ourselves. And then you're thinking, well, I can't do it like they can, so I can't do it. Yep. But it's, I, I love what you just said because it's actually, no, I'm not going to do it like that, but I'm going to do it my way and I'm still going to get to the same goal that I wanted. So my thing is like be open-minded. Mm. Don't um, be highly influenced 100% by what anyone else does because you know what? Life is exciting to create your own formula. Like we're on our own pathway this is your time. We can live exactly the life that we choose to live and we can surpass the previous like narratives that we've had of our lives and any kind of traumas or challenges that we've had as opposed to them being the things that tie us down. What if they became your superpower mm-hmm. for pushing you forward? And so a lot of the things that have become like the really challenging things of my life, like they, they're my motivator. Mm-hmm. Like break that perception of how you saw yourself. Like, yeah, you're the kid that was always the last to be selected in a team sport, well, now you're going to be the woman mm. that's running across one of the most remote parts of the world, com- not with any support crew, with everything that you need in a pack on your back. That's who you are. Mm. Oh, I relate to that so much. And I think it, it actually ties back to um, our last podcast with Will, 
when he was reflecting on how he was in high school and like the the way he approaches things and um, how people might have perceived him then versus like what he does for a living now. And I, I can relate to your story so much in almost in the opposite sense. I was so sporty and loved being active, but I was absolutely not academic. Um, I enjoyed school for its lessons and and and, and socialising and, and sport and getting team sports and all that sort of stuff. But when it came to like the true academic kind of subjects, I really struggled. And I was often kind of put in a box of someone who probably wasn't going to succeed because I had no plans to go to uni because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And there was a lot of pressure as like, that's just not going to be successful. And I would have never imagined in my wildest dreams, you know, having a, a business or like running a company with a friend. It's just, that wasn't in my in my head then because I was told, I mean, I was told at times that I was dumb. So like, it's just funny being, and, and absolutely it's been a drive for me to, to push, to show that there's another avenue to get there. So I just love that you And how that. powerful that you're not doing it to show them. No. You're showing yourself. Yes, yes. You know, you're breaking, because it's like, I'm sure other, so other people might've said that you were dumb, but the, probably the loudest voice is that you were telling yourself that you were dumb. Totally. So you're the one that's breaking the mold of the loudest expectation that comes through our brain, which yeah. is the expectation to be creative ourselves. Mm-hmm. Those are the things that hold us back more than what anyone else says. Absolutely. And they're the insecurities that still kind of, you know, come up from but you're time human. to time. You're, Absolutely. Like, mm-hmm. You know, you're human. Like yeah. that's totally, completely normal. Mm. Everyone has this. It's like the most unifying thing that mm. all of us don't feel in some space we belong. Mm. Before we go, we have to quickly touch on Survivor. Oh, yes. So you went on the first time. Yep. You met your husband. I did. Well, I mean, it was, well, <laughs> you went in and your goal was to find a man. You got a man. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like the bachelor. <laughs> With lots of different people. <laughs> <laughs> but then, and then you went back on mm. and your husband won. He did. How did you feel? Did you feel like you both won? I did. And I was also really, you know, I played a, we both played these really interesting games and I think I should backtrack. We were like horrific players our first season. And so I think it's like this beautiful story of like, you can be really terrible at something that you really want. Um, And if you are so lucky to get a second Second chance chance. at it, Mm. like put everything into it. Again, like we didn't know the assignment last time. Uh, Everything I'd done to that point, I thought would build me to be a great survivor player. Like I'd run across India, like all this kind of, you know, I was a lawyer. I know how to negotiate. And I'm like, no, like it's, a very different assignment. And I got that the second time round, which was a massive advantage being a returnee player. And so Mark and I like reverse engineered, we game strategy. Like it was just like, you know, we knew that everyone becomes friends outside the game post. So we were just like, then just play it. Like Mm. this is a game show. This is not real life, you know? Um, And so we worked as a team and then we made the decision as a team that we would always be willing to sacrifice one of us to leave one person in a greater position. Um, you know, sacrifice. I just, the sacrifice that I did as the good woman. <laughs> but I was happy because, you know, I, I almost feel like Mark was the worthy winner. Like, I'm happy to be kind of like the behind the scenes, like the, you know, doing the hard work. Or And he did too. He, he's going to listen to this going, I did the hard work too. I'm probably creating like a d- domestic, you know, argument back home. But he he deserved that. He really deserved to win that game. Um, and I think he wanted to go back more than me. It's just I get a little bit more obsessive than him. So I probably spent a lot more work <laughs> prepping for the game. Um, and then he benefited off some of like the stuff that I learned. And he's like, okay, you spoke for an hour to that person. Can you give me a 10-minute summary on it? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. 
<laughs> so you you did full preparation. Oh yeah. And the physical is the least important component. Like we, you do the physical to sometimes feel like you're ready at the start line, but it's just, it's, you know, like we put on weight, we did strength work. Mm-hmm. I was in the gym um, doing a lot of PT stuff, kind of getting my body to be more resilient because mm-hmm. um, you need to be able to tolerate 40 days of not much mm-hmm. food and pushing mm-hmm. your body in, in extreme awkward positions. So prep for that. But a lot of the work that I did is like, who am I and how am I perceived by people and how can I kind of like moderate the things that might irritate people, mm. um, particularly when everyone's looking for something to point out. The goal is to kind of be everybody's person. Mm. Um, and like, that's not how you necessar- I necessarily live my life in the everyday. Like, I'm happy to be a little bit polarizing or uh, that, you know, some pe- someone has a conversation and they're like, okay, cool. Well, like that she's not my vibe. And that's cool because then the people who are your vibe are going to be drawn to that because mm. you are uniquely being you. But survivor's different. So interesting because Survivor is literally like everything that we were just saying about letting go of others' expectations and, <laughs> and all of those things and not, but you have to do like, it. It's reverse engineer yourself and yep. be someone that you're not. And so I think that's such a great example. Like it's literally a living example that like you lived it mm. that you can reverse engineer yourself and make everyone like you. But and I, I'm so glad that we finished with Survivor and we didn't start with it. Oh. Because it was so, I, I feel like the conversation that we've had, and it's so we're so grateful to have been here with you and for you to share everything to kind of unpack that. I, I love the reverse engineering of mm. you know your goals and what you want to achieve, and then also like letting go of others' expectations because they are not going to help or serve any of us in, in this life's journey that we're on. But then to to <laughs> kind of finish with actually, well, you did do that once <laughs> yeah, in this like strategically, yeah, in this environment that's obviously for a reality TV show, so it's very different, but. It is just such a good example of how we actually can't be everything to everyone unless we completely change ourselves and it's not the life that we want to live. Yeah, and like Survivor was, you know, 40 days plus, you know, two weeks in my first time. So whilst it's the smallest time of my life, I can't deny now um, that it's been a significant part of my life because mm. I've created my family from that reality TV mm. show. Well, thank you so much for your time, Sam. People will be able to walk away with this with so much So thank you for sharing your story and and all of your wisdom. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you so much for listening to that conversation. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Now, coming up again, the special shares are still coming. (laughs) Don't leave us unless you don't like our special shares and that is okay. (laughs) Anyway, before we get into the special shares, I have a public service announcement Mm -hmm. to everyone invested in surf sex life and the sex challenge. We are all very invested, Steffi. We have nicely forced Steph and Josh into doing a full episode on it next week, which I am going to be interviewing for. No, I'm just going to be part of it, which I'm really excited for. Perfect. Looking anyway, but also it. we will find a lot of info. And I've got questions. I've got thoughts. Mm. And, the, and, and and so does the community. I was just we about have to say. all got thoughts. Yes. Obviously, we're only going to take it to a certain level. It is still a PG podcast, okay? So, is it? No, it's not. It's definitely an MA15. Well, it's not R. No, it's okay, an MA15. So, okay, what, what? what PG? Okay, well, what? I, I was trying to protect you from the questions that might come in. What? How are we supposed to have a conversation about sex in a PG rating? Well, oh yeah, true, because sexual references go yeah. straight to M. But I, you want MA15. Okay, so take that. Steph has said she's she's not open. R. Okay, not R. Uh, so you are saying, we are over 18, so. Okay, cool. Steph wants R-rated questions. <laughs> All right, fine. Steph's asked for it. I was, trying to, I was trying to protect you, but ask whatever you want because <laughs> anything comes under R-rated. Josh is going to be melting. Okay, so you can 
DM these to us. Yeah. Personal DMs. Not on the kick Instagram because <laughs> they'll be like, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> Our team will be like, um, no, DM either Steph and Steph's Insta is at Steph Glass. Let's make it Likely easier. Let's make it easier. DM Laura. <laughs> oh, DM me with your R-rated questions about Steph. Okay, perfect. I'll print screen them all. So they're in one place. Obviously, they're going to be they're going to be checked before we. Oh, maybe they won't. What do you mean? Oh, no, I'm just ask them. Okay, great, perfect. DM me, <laughs> Laura <laughs> Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Okay, so special shares, special shares. What have you got for us, young lady? Uh, young lady? Uh, sorry, middle-aged lady, are you? Oh, okay. No, I prefer young lady. Okay, okay. so um, remember the other week when you were talking about the Commonwealth Games and the Olympics and how when you watch that and when it comes around, you kind of think like, hmm, maybe I could could do that. Or it like takes you back to those kind of like athletics that you used to do. So. For me, I I have never, ever felt that when looking at the Commonwealth Games. But when I do kind of feel that way is when I'm watching something like at the theatre, when I'm watching like a performance, because I used to be Uh, really Because you're a natural performer. No, I'm certainly not, but I thought I was. (laughs) Um, But when I was growing up, I loved performing. Like I feel like there's two types of people out there and two types of kids. You either sat your parents down or any guest that entered your house, you either sat them down and performed And did a concert. I did that. I did do that. You did? I did. I I was going to ask you about this. I did. I did, yes. I can't imagine that. Why? I don't know. Did you do it with like Sienna and me? (laughs) Well, sorry, Steph's obviously the natural performer from Kick. <laughs> I'm the boring I'm one. I'm not saying that at all. I would just really want to imagine it, like with you, with C and Luke. Yeah, Luce. we'd have more so when our family friends came over. Mm-hmm. We do a concert together with all the kids, Same. and we dress up it and was we'd so say, fun, wasn't it? Shh, parents, yeah. you need to shush for yeah. this, and we'd all perform it. Hundred percent. I was I- also in a band in grade six. I was a lead singer. Yeah, I wasn't very good at it. I just, I, <laughs> I, it wasn't that I was a natural performer. I just tried. I gave gave everything a go. I mean, I can imagine that. Yeah. So. That's awesome. Sang an assembly. (laughs) Amazing. I didn't have my own CD though. You didn't or you did? No, like you. I did not. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Anyway, my boy was, I I never really imagined you into that kind of like drama or performing arts. What did you think I was doing? Just maths (laughs) (laughs) with my calculator. No, but like sports. Sports or study. That's all I've ever heard of your childhood. So (laughs) we learn something every every day. You learn about yabbies and I learn about you being in a band. Better than learning about your friend being murderer. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, my special share was that I went and saw Hairspray, the musical. Seeing you pop around to that. You see? You would really enjoy it. Sorry. What? I thought you were going to say, I now realise you are a true performer because oh. you love dancing and you're really good at it. I know you've always Natural loved rhythm dancing. can't be contained. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, it's a really good show. And if you haven't been to the theatre in a while, I highly recommend it. It was just colourful and fun and good energy and a good story. And even if you didn't love the movie because like I, I liked the movie but I didn't love the movie I loved the theatre performance and every time I watch the theatre I'm like that would be such a fun job but don't worry I'm not so going anywhere quit. don't worry I'm not going anywhere <laughs> but because I'm not good at it but in my own mind I would have a lot of I fun I think you would be good the but just not yet please that's alright okay. I'm not going <laughs> okay. what's your special show okay mine's a movie mm-hmm. and it's called About Time oh that's quite old 
I love yeah, that movie. Is that all right? Is it there is. like a rule no, with special chairs? They have, sorry, they have to be from 2022. No, or, it's a good one. So we have got a little snippet from it. Tim, my dear son, this is going to sound strange, but there's this family secret that the men in the family can travel in time. This is such a weird joke. It's not a joke. If it's true, which it isn't, although it is. But if it was, which it's not, which it is, how would I actually... You go into a dark place, clench your fists, think of the moment you're going to, and you'll find yourself there. Have you watched it? I have watched this probably two or three times. Does that make you so happy listening to it and you want to watch it again? Yeah, he's such a great actor. Oh. And Rachel McAdams is also a great well, actor. Rachel McAdams, is, we hadn't told the listeners that oh, he, she's in it. It was my she moment, is. okay? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> she's one of my favourite actresses yeah, and she beautiful. makes me so happy. So I feel like I automatically like it yeah. because of that. So she's the wife in yeah. the movie. Yeah. And or well, she becomes a wife. Mm. And it's just a beautiful, feel good. It Very like wholesome. really reminds you of gratitude yeah. and just being present and how important family and connection mm. is. And it is just a gorgeous movie. And I if you need a hug in movie form, mm. I recommend it. Anyway, that is all we have time for. And you can find out more about Keep It Cleaner at keepitcleaner.com. We are on Instagram at keepitcleaner, at laura.hinshaw and at Steph Claire Smith. And as we've mentioned many times, we all use TikTok, so you can find us there too. <laughs> and we'll be back in your ears for another Kickpot episode as we've touched on all about sex, baby. Next. Is that, are we going to call it that? I no, don't you don't name the movie. <laughs> I don't know. I, just, I, don't know I almost went that. to sing the song. I think it should be like, like no. Steph's Intimacy Challenge Revealed. Okay, we'll leave that to our producer, <laughs> Mandy. <laughs> okay. um, um, and also, we also newly have a 14-day free trial for Kik if you do, do want to give it a go. We do. Okay, great. Okay, <laughs> bye. Bye, guys.